Good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get right into it. You know it's another KG, Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good, doing real good. Doc, how are you, sir? Doing well. Fresh off your uh, brand new radio show on KC Waits. How'd that go, sir? I thought it went great myself. I had a lot of compliments from Twitter, Facebook, and so uh, a lot of text as well. So I think it went pretty well. I was uh, satisfied how it started off, and I think we got um, a good thing going. Keep it up, sir. Appreciate it. Keep it up. All Thank right. You for the let's accolades. Piggyback off of that, and let's talk about the upcoming Labor Day Classic Sunday on August 31st at, as Craig Roberts calls it, NERG Stadium, not NRG. NERG, NERG Stadium, between Prairie View and Texas Southern. Kickoff's at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Whoa, wait, 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 wait. If you know Craig Roberts, you know that's right. That's I Craig know. Roberts Alley. So I, I mean, know. That's where Craig is. <laughs> he has a very unique sense of humor. <laughs> NERG, NRG Stadium is NERG. What said him all? So go what ahead. What said him all? He said, that's what he said. On, I heard him on the radio. 92.1 of his sports report. That's what I heard him say. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's a huge game for both these teams. You have Texas Southern trying to make the next step. Like I said, they're very talented. Um, can they get that defensive game rolling to stop that high-powered offensive prayer view with quarterback Jerry Lovelock, all everything, as he's trying to uh, run his way. Remember, Jerry Lovelock last year was 285 for 429, passing for almost 3,000 yards. 2,838 to be exact, with 23 touchdowns, did have nine interceptions, but carried about 75 times for 284 yards and nine touchdowns. If he can get going, it's going to get very interesting in terms of the program right there. So that's what you need to do on the offensive side of the ball. For Texas Southern, with the playmakers, they're coming back. Uh, they have transfer Linebacker coming in from Texas A&M. They calling him all everything, so it should be interesting to see what's going on there. But you got Homie Causey at the quarterback position. He was right under 1,500 total yards last year. So let you know some things. They're going to try to run the ball with Davion Porter uh, to get it done. So that's where you look at. You have a defensive star at the defensive end. Bloom, he's going to be key. Can he put the pressure on Jerry Lovelock. I think that's really where you're going to find out where that game comes down. Can the defensive front four, particularly with Bloom, uh, Amir Bloom to be exact, can he put the pressure on? Can he get to Jerry Lovelock? Can he get some sacks? Definitely has to get some pressure uh, to get the game going. Remember, we told you that Prairie View's big playmaker, running back, is injured. So, how are they going to bounce back? They should have some depth at the running back position, but that's a key question when you lose Courtney Brown uh, to a knee injury during camp. Uh, but you got Jonte Bear; He's going to be right in the mix, and they have some depth there. Rye receivers, Jacoby Anderson, Gabe Dunlap, big-time playmakers. It'll be interesting to see how they get it done. Craig Thurman, uh, Nick Petrie has uh, been playing well, sophomore, so it looks like he might stand up. So some of the people that kind of – Get your eye on it. But, you know, you have somebody, Jacoby Anderson, grad student. You know, he's mature. So you're looking for him to really step up big time. So that's kind of where I'm looking for that big game, Labor Day Classic. It's going to be some people on Monday either shouting bragging rights 
The people tucked with the tails running. So we'll see really late Sunday night is when you're going to get your final count of how it all went down at NRG <coughs> Stadium. Nerg, man. Nerg. Nerg. Let me ask this question then. Um, did anybody mention about any lingering injuries, you know, coming out of camp and all this? Stuff? Texas Southern felt they were really protected themselves well. They said they really didn't have any injuries. Oh. Prairie View's the one that had some injuries. They had a defensive lineman break, uh, I think it was an ankle, definitely a foot. Uh, so they're a little thin on the defensive front. I told you about Courtney Brown tearing right, his right. knee. Uh, we pretty much know about that. So Prairie View's the one that had some injury problems coming in. But they feel like they have the depth. Coach is a no-nonsense guy, so he said he's going to suit him up. Next man up, got to find a way to get it done. We can see if he's going to be able to walk the walk because he showed talking the talk, talking about next person has to get it done. But I guess that's the attitude you have to have as a coaching at that level. A part of your part of what, that I heard of the show last night, you and uh, our buddy Ryan McGinty were touching on the potential NFL prospects for PV and TSU, and as one of the callers mentioned, it's up to us as well as HBCUs to plug that and mention it more and more to let the young men know that you go to HBCU, you still have a chance to get looked at by the NFL scouts and have a chance to yeah, pursue you your meet, football dream. If you meet the size requirement and you talent it and you get it done, they're going to come look at you. During camp, Prairie View had seven NFL scouts out there, and they were looking at Jerry Lovelock. And, you know, when they come to see one guy, oftentimes right. there's yeah. other guys that We've end up standing that. out that they look at. That We've happens that. all the time. So you just need to find a way to bring them to campus. So that's some of the things that you're looking at. And Jerry Lovelock is 6'5". So yeah, he, he's the size. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big quarterback. He's not a he's not a small smallest fellow like, uh, what's that guy in Cleveland now? The little fella? You know what I'm talking about? The little fella? Uh, Manziel? Yeah, him. That, that little dude, yeah. Um, and then for Texas Southern, one that uh, Coach Asbury believes will get some sights and they'll be kind of looking at here is at the defensive back, cornerback position, Trey, Trey Walker. Walker. Yeah, Trey Walker's a big corner, six foot three. So, he's yeah. the real deal. That's a big DB. You can't teach size at the cornerback position. That's true. Either you have it and you have the quick. He's quick. He has the hands. He tends to play the best receiver, and he's able to lock him down. So he's the guy to keep your eyes on this week as Jerry Lovelock tries to go airbound, uh, and they're going to spread it on the ground. But if they can stop one way or the other, it'll be interesting. And they're going to lean a lot on Trey Walker. So that's a matchup to keep your eyes on that the pros are looking at as well. I was pleasantly surprised to hear Coach Asbury say that he has a solid kicking game. That's rare in the SWAC and Hell, it's rare at HBCUs, honestly. Well, you know, it's lower rare, divisions. period, on college level, just because it's not stressed. You know, that's a, it's it's not so much an afterthought, but if they cover it that week, they cover it. You know, if if they've got somebody, somebody that they can kick a field goal and not just kick it downfield, everybody's happy. If he's making them a yeah. lot, you know, they really happy. That's Corey Carter. He's the real deal in terms of uh, being able to punt. At 71 punts last year, average 44.3 uh, yards per punt, which is a nice average. A lot of fields you can cover, and it changes a lot of games big time. I mean, so they'll lean on that special team. And, like, if, you, and if you can, if you're a good kicker, you're a good punter, you're going to get a scholarship. 
Yeah. <laughs> because it's because you get a shot in the league. Remember, sure. uh, Fort Valley State, Division two program, their kicker is playing for Oakland Raiders. So you know, Connor, it, excuse me. Yeah, it, so it happened. There, there's more than one position to uh, get you get you uh, to the program. NFL. Yep. To the show. All right, fellas, it's that time. Predictions. Who you got? Huh? Give me a score. Uh, the fact, Wildcat. The fact that um. I, every day I've come by uh, from uh, walking through the campus, and I've heard the guys going to uh, child uh, to the child line, and they've been talking. I hadn't seen them practice yet, but I'm just going on what I hear and the mentality and all of what their mindset is. I'm gonna go with Texas Southern this year. Score? Um, I'm looking for it to be a close game, like 30, 32, 28, 35, 28, something like that. I think it's gonna be high scoring. I agree with that. Put the points yeah. up there, and I think that's what's going to make the difference for Prairie View. If the, if it's a scoring matchup, it favors Prairie View uh, because, as I said, TSU doesn't quite have that depth. Um, so I'm gonna say 42-31, Prairie View. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pick PV as well. Uh, I think you know high scoring, yes. So once again, we're gonna have the Wildcat stand alone, which he likes, and we're gonna touch on his. Prediction from last week about Ohio State because I got some response on that already. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> uh, but I'll say PV 45, TSU 35. That's, a, that's where I see it. I see a so 35, 30. 38, I say for TSU. That ain't bad. Now, in terms of the complete the HBCU sports report, the two other big games out there, I think, uh, on the landscape are both what we would call MEAC SWAC challenge type games. The first one I will list is not the official Miak Swag Challenge. It is played in Jackson, Mississippi. It's going to be Florida A&M versus Jackson State. This is a game that is huge in terms of historical framework. This is a game that featured a, the team, two teams that played in the original 1AA at the time playoffs when there was only four teams. They met in the semifinals, and most people thought Whoever won that game basically would win the championship. And FAMU won that game, and they actually won the first 1AA at that time championship back in 78-79. So this is a historical game. Unfortunately, there's questions about whether FAMU will bring the band because it's also a huge battle of the bands with two bands that are branded very well for a lot of people. The play on the field probably not will not measure up to the historic frameworks of each team. You have a FAMU team that's struggling. They're trying to get back. Um, Fleming, the quarterback, coming back as a junior, senior, he'll, he's in the mix. He's going to try to get that offensive going. You have a coach that's probably on the hot seat over there at FAMU and the first-year coach at Jackson State. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep your eye on this game just to see not necessarily who wins this game, but I think it's going to be more problematic but whoever loses this game in terms of the rest of the season, that type of matchup. The other game that is really intriguing are two individuals that coached at Grambling that will head up against each other, Spady and Broadway. Broadway is getting it done at A&T to try to make a run, and Spady comes in as the new coach at Alabama A&M. He may be more known not from what he did at Grambling, but the fact he was at Nevada 
and he's bringing that pistol offense that has come so popular. He's bringing it to Alabama. A&M. That's going to be that's so. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, to watch. that's what I want to see. He thinks he has a quarterback that can run that offense for him. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. So this is a really big time matchup. Um, people are probably looking for A and T to get it done, but not so fast. Defensive for Alabama A and M. This should be a slugfest. Very entertaining game. Whoever gets this game is going to go a long way in terms of figuring out the matchup or what things go down. So those are probably the big three games to keep your eye on that features uh, HBCU matchups. You have a lot of other HBCU matchups that you can go to TSPM and the uh, College Sporting News, which I'll release this uh, Thursday to let you know uh, in regards to some other matchups. But most of those are going to be either teams at the FCS level, HBCU programs either playing up, Money games are playing down to try to get the season off on the right stick. So they're not quite as intriguing to me because you really can't get an idea of whether a team, how a team is going to be either talented or not talented uh, for the rest of the way. The last part I'll probably talk about here is uh, HBCU historical fact. Back in 1924, two teams ruled the football landscape, one from Alabama and the other from right here in Texas. It is the 90th anniversary of the Tuskegee Golden Tigers and the Paul Quinn Tigers Black College Cold National Championship football team from 1924. Tuskegee 9-0-1, coached by legendary coach Cleveland Abbott. Their stadium is named after him. And Paul Quinn, which no longer has a football program, was 8-0-1 with Harry Long being the coach. They tied for the Coach Championship in 1924. That's 90 years of history right there, and so I had to bring that historical facts footnotes for the HBCU story this afternoon. One thing I forgot to ask you two about PV TSU Labor Day Classic, who was going to win the halftime show? You know, it's interesting. Hadn't seen either one of them. I've heard some things, just hadn't seen. Um... Prairie View used to rule that, but lately it's been the Tigers getting it done. Yeah. I think the Ocean Soul. I agree. I think the Ocean Soul had the rule of the roost. We'll they, see they've had the opportunity the to kind of like uh, get some things Storm. done and perfected on since uh, they've already put a halftime show together. Yeah. Uh, and they've had some marching time and all together. In, yeah, in uniform. I'm going, going down with to the, the Hall of Fame yeah. is what he's referring right. to. Uh, they went and celebrated with Michael Strahan as he was inducted to the Hall of Fame. They went down there and marched during the parade and marched at halftime. So it looks like they're in full gear. So, yeah, Brian McGinty, when you hear this, the, all three of us are picking against Prairie View winning the halftime show. So, yeah, TSU, Ocean, Ocean, of, Ocean of Soul will win the halftime the show, sir. So, it'll be interesting. One last thing I'll do on the HBC report. I kind of teased you with this before. But it was officially stated by... President Rudley of Texas Southern University, who happens to be also the president-elect of the chairman of the board of the SWAC, and he told the Maroon and Gray at their annual football luncheon that they have that they are near a deal that is imminent, basically, to be announced, that ESPN has went back to the table, essentially, trying to get a MEAC-SWAC championship game, if you would, at the end of the year, and it seems like they have upped the ante that was previously done about three or four years ago with the Legacy Bowl, 
and he stated that each team would receive a million dollars for playing that game, and that doesn't include what the conference would get outside of that. So that's pretty significant. We'll see uh, how it moves forward. Not quite a dumb deal, but it seems like it's well on its way to coming true. So um, it was mentioned on the MEAC SWAC page or MEAC Fan Zone. The MEAC fans, many of them are not happy. They think that's not enough money, which kind of surprised me when you go to the playoffs and get none. But and, and 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 that's my point. That's my point right there. When <laughs> you have nothing to in front of you, all you want to do is just play. You spending money out of your pocket, and you ain't bringing nothing back. When somebody's offering you something which you don't have, I always sit at the table and ask this one question: If you don't want that, replace that. That means if you don't if you don't want the million dollars that's being offered. Find a million dollars somewhere else and put it back. Yes. They said the Miag Swag Challenge 215, 2015 edition, excuse me there, will feature Southern. They don't know about the other opponent yet, and so, but it will not be in Orlando next year. It's going to move, but they haven't oh. decided where they're going to move it. It probably will go back in the Swag territory. You know, it started in Birmingham right. the first two or three years, and it's been in Orlando ever since. And they kind of said that they would switch it back and forth. And I guess after this being the 10th anniversary that they're going to move it. So those are kind of the big announcements that have kind of slid under the radar in various ways that I thought we should get on the table and make sure our listeners hear the latest and greatest of what's out there. Sounds good. Thank you for that info. And while we're at that, we're going to take a minute and have this word from THG Agency. Are you looking for business strategies and services in the areas of sports management, educational leadership, and project management for your sports camps, AAU teams, local business, or athletic department? Well, you come to the right place. THG Agency is the Heritage Group. It is a fully integrated sports entertainment, educational leadership, and project management consulting company focused on sports leadership and educational administration with six areas of consulting expertise, sports business management, educational sports assessment, data analysis, educational curriculum development, advanced leadership execution, and statistic solution consulting. Our services are well-defined but tailor-made for our clients we represent. For more information, give us a call at 281-330-1341 or email us at info at thg-agency.com. You can also visit the website at thg-agency.com. All right, once again, hello. As we come out of that break from THG Agency, fellas, tell everybody how they can find how can they find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Blogspot, YouTube, The College Sports Report, Twitter, TweetDeck, Facebook, JL Woodley One, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr. Doc, how can folks find you and your growing enterprise? Yes, thank Empire. you. I like that sound of that. Entrepreneur. Let's get it done. Social media platform. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can find me on the College Sporting News with the Inside the HBCU Huddle, which is a weekly report to give you a preview of what has went on in the HBC weekly scene in a preview of big-time matchups where we usually look at the HBCU Classic Game of the Week, the Squat Game of the Week, the MEAC Game of the Week, 
We also have just the general big game of the week at the major division level. You can see the polls that I release. Mid-major and major division preseason poll has been released. Um, that will come out Thursday as well, so that's something to keep your eye on. I have now a radio show that is on kcuhradio.com if you want to hear it streaming. It is from 7 to 8 every Tuesday on KCUH Radio, 1230 AM. Again, you can go to www.kcuhradio.com. And got a couple of other things in the work. Obviously, please continue to look at this podcast right here. But we're going to try to grow this, take it to the next level um, as we continue to grow uh, the business platform of celebrating HBCU sports. And we have some research information that if you want to get out there, some publications that have just recently published to give you the HBCU diaspora from a framework from a scholarship or scholarly view. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com or www.thehrr.com, Instagram, Houston Round Ball Review, YouTube, the same, Houston Round Ball Review, Twitter, T-H-E-H-R Review. Once again, that's T-H-E-H-R Review. We have our podcast podcast page on Facebook, KG, Fifth Ward, Wildcat, and Doc on Facebook. You can hear our, our podcast on SoundCloud.com as well as iTunes. We'll try to hit you a little bit of every every spot on the, the uh, internet, and we have a few other things in the, uh, in the fire. So just keep listening to the podcast. Thank you for your support. Spread the word. Tell your friends about it. We got new likes on the uh, on our Facebook page. So that thank you for that, listeners. And we're going to talk about my alma mater, Houston Cougars in their new stadium. Kick off the uh, season Friday, August 29th versus UTSA. UTSA is returning 21 of 22 starters. Wildcats, should I be worried that my Cougars going to lose a home opener? I don't think so, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Well, I put to you, it'll be a fight. I'm not going to say they, that they're capable, but it's going to be a fight. It, it just will. Will it be a game in the third quarter? Early. And then start to fade. Depth is what gets uh, is, is what is what I'm depending on. Depth. You're basically uh, the Cougars depth. Wildcat. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going. You know, second and third in the second and third level guy. You got the third war D Wildcat. Third war D. As they claim now. You know, and that's they interesting. They didn't claim third war when I wasn't going to U of H. You better not have mentioned that either. That's <laughs> <some> folks. <laughs> folks took umbrage. <laughs> took umbrage and, uh, when and, I when and, I said third war. And the three of us sitting at this table know you better have to mention that. You better have a Richard. Old head alums would think, oh, no. That's why we what? playing at, U of, at, at at the Astrodome. Yeah, we're not part they, of They'd have told board. you that point blank. We're not. A defense is proud of it. We had this quote in the article in Chronicle by a colleague. I believe it's by J.D. Yes. In the, the Chronicle about the defense and how they've turned things around. And because previous years, it was all about offense. Defense was just on the field, getting run over, taking up space while the offense is on the sideline, taking a break before they come back on the field and score some more points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Defense last season forced 43 turnovers. It's great. It's better than it was a year before. They jumped from 
102 in scoring defense to 20th. A uh, two-touchdown difference. Third best turnaround in the nation. Great. Only allowed 22 points a game. Great. Fewer since 1999. Defensive tackle. I like this part that J.D. notes in his article. Defensive line has a rotation of nine men. That's great. That goes to what you're talking about. The yep. UTA say you probably won't have is the depth. Yep. You can rotate your, your linemen. That's huge. Throughout the game and keep them fresh throughout the game. You put pressure on the quarterback. The and the uh, oh yeah, oh, I never will forget stadium, the stadium. F- all them beams. Ooh. The first time uh, when U.S. first came into the conference and they play A and M County Houston to play U of H. They played them all at Rice Stadium on that on that then AstroTurf um, in the humidity, and they just about died after the first half. It that heat and coming off that uh, off that turf. Uh, fellas told me after the games, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at that. It was almost like they were, you know, in that daytime, you know, didn't have the fans on the sideline like they got now. You know, everybody was running for to get by, get 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 some ice and all, trying to cool down. Just wasn't happening. Just wasn't happening. Here's a quote from defensive tackle Joy Mbu about Third Ward D. Third Ward quote: Third Ward is hardcore. So we want to be that defense. We want to represent where we're from. We can't look down on it because we are here. If you look down, the community won't be behind you. Since we're here, we might as well embrace it. Seems like a kind of a backward compliment. Backhanded compliment to me. Parts of it. Some parts it made sense and some parts I'm not sure what he was trying to say. I, I, you know, I can see where you... We are, we're here. We embrace it since we're here, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Third Ward D as a whole, I accept it because... It was, I like I said, when I was when I was here, we, we ran for they <laughs> ran for many part of being part of third war. Right, and I think that's the bigger picture is uh, if you go back um, to what was said last year in terms of quarterback uh, talking about third war. Case Casey, Case Keenum said on on uh, Monday Night Football. You know, and, and uh, when he third war Texas. I'm gonna tell you but what. I think there's been a a feeling with this team that they're trying to embrace the community, which is something I like Yes, from that standpoint. And I think they understand if we're going to put fans in the stands, we cannot just look at our traditional fan base, that we need to become the city's team. And before you can become really the city's team, you need to become the neighborhood team. That's and true. And I think that's really that's where true. he's trying to get back is this. He said that, you know, Third Ward is notorious from being a – very respected, and oftentimes when you talk about respect, they're talking about the toughness and the grittiness of the people in terms of them uh, surviving all types of different uh, situations, and they have a lot of respect for that. And so if you, particularly when you talk about young people, there's a rallying cry in terms of what it means to be tough playing football and that kind of thing. So I think they're trying to reach out and pay homage and obviously, you have to be careful in terms of how you use some of your phrases. But I think holistic, what he's talking about, I think is a good thing. And from a sports management perspective, business side, in a lot of ways, I think it's brilliant in terms of trying to connect with the neighborhood, connect with your friends in terms of them. Hey, come watch us. Be a part of this. This is your team uh, as much as anything. And then you can stretch out from that. Be in Houston, you know, as somebody is right here at Texas Southern, I, I would love to see Texas Southern 
uh, had thought about trying to understand that sure, exactly. framework. And so I give a lot of respect from Houston uh, that they got on board for us to do that. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see it. I just, the contrast from when <laughs> from I was day, a student from days of yore. <laughs> is, is 180. And I'm glad to see it. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing, but it tells you a lot. How and things it is have changed. How things have changed and how yeah, the students I, are are yeah, adapting, that, are accepting it. The yeah. transition of the student body has changed the atmosphere the framework. Of, uh, yeah. of what's, you know, the administration. And then you have an administration that has accepted the student body saying, this is who we are, this is why we are, this is a new, if we're talking about and, new, and, and let's this is new us. Let's not get it twisted in a lot of ways that the third war itself it's changing as well. Oh, yeah, that's oh. true. And some people may not necessarily quite like all that change, but it's also slightly easier to ch- to accept something that you see changing into more of what some would say is the norm. I've actually seen a plan that suggests that this whole corridor will become kind of a metropolis of what some people refer to in Atlanta as the AUC where the U of H and TSU will kind of share a hub of this university corridor with the train coming through it, housing complex and things of that nature. So when you tie all that together, it makes sense that people start to understand because the landscape in itself has changed as well. And and to that, it's about time. I think U of H and TSU probably need to do more partnering. And collaboration. And collaborations, you know, working together. To, um, for the betterment of both universities. Yeah, and I know uh, President Rudley has supported that. Um, I actually worked with the professor over where I recently wrote a chapter in a book uh, with the uh, African American Studies at U of H. So a lot of good work going on there in terms of those platforms. And there are a few tickets still available to the, the game on Friday. Uh, kickoff is at 8 o'clock game will be shown on ESPNU. I'm a season ticket holder. Me and my friends will be there. I'm going to come probably from work. And I'm not sure how much time I have to tailgate before the game, but I will be inside TDECU Stadium. I was there Sunday for Community Day. How did that go? And it was good. It was well attended. I was very happy to see as many folks that I did see at the stadium. Fans could get autographs, walk on the field, take pictures throughout the stadium. They I've heard a lot of people university did a, a very good idea of honoring Heisman Trophy winner Andre Ware with the the eleven yard line of the stadium. Andre's number and he's a Cougar. Uh-huh. Have a little uh, signia knowing that he's Andre Ware right there at the eleven yard line. So the marketing it's has come a long a, way. Yeah, taking a step up. And, and I'm and I'm glad know, to see that. And to kind of close on that educational component of time, both the athletics and academics of what U of H, the book that I was talking about was Race in American Sports, and it's by a professor, uh, chair of the African American Studies uh, program over there, and that's by J- James L. Conyers, Jr., about uh, essays uh, that I had written a uh, chapter about in, in the book Race in American Sports. Staying with uh, the Cougars right now, Fans are expected to arrive early Friday. Better, yeah, yeah they uh, Because of two things: one, school is in. As I said, <laughs> you ain't got to spread it. Look here, school is in. If you want, that's to get number in, one. You better get there early. 
find a parking space, you better be putting forth an effort. The gates open up at 6.30. The Cougar, the Cougar walk starts yeah. at 6 o'clock. The, let's see, the first, let me, let me make sure I'm reading this, getting to this point. I got to scroll down here. All right, here we go. Student T-shirts. No, that's student. Oh, commemorative game tickets, 20000 Memorial Herman is a sponsorship for cell phone pockets, 2500 AT&T jersey rally towels, 1000 Wells Fargo student T-shirts, 5000 And this is the big one. TDECU Cougar Park fans, 40000 that means everybody that's walking in the stadium will get their hands on something. 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 But folks. Get there. Get there. Early. Early. Yes. Because and, and, I, and in an organ race it, it, when it when a when an event has its first, it won't be another. You gotta enjoy that and and say you were there. Yes. There's only one person. But, right. and, and the other thing, uh there is a sign up for to be in in the 360-degree panoramic photo that's supposed to be done before the game. Um, it's listed in his email somewhere. But if you can go to the com website, and that's where you can sign up for to be uh, uh, for a uh, spot to be found in the once it gets published on a 360-degree panoramic fan photo oh yeah folks trust me i was there i was in huntsville at sam houston for the game the big game between alcorn state and sam houston state and there was only four pitches that still exist no copies of the fan the fans for that day and i definitely remember standing room only Mm. And one more thing, we're talking about, as, as I noted on our Facebook page, we're going to talk a lot about the Labor Day Classic as well as the uh, Cougars football here. ESPN's Travis Haney, in one of his, in his blog posts, talks about he, he picks the Cougars to emerge from the American as the uh, team to, poss- to play in a New Year's Day Bowl this season. And one of the factors uh, that an NFL scout who attended practice at U of H recently, said that the scout noted size and speed at U of H, but there's more of it than the years past. There's quality depth on the Cougars team, offense and defense. So that's a key. So that's a lot of positives of uh, my alma mater. I'm glad to hear the marketing. Marketing, Wildcat... (laughs) And, and I have lamb, that's, lamb, that's blasted the marketing department in the previous years because they've done an, an inept job. Literally. Literally. So to hear the things that Wildcat said about all the merchandising, everything, the almost, you can call it, what, what is it, uh, swag? Yeah. That the fans will get in the home opener. That's fantastic. That, that shows that things are, have improved and they're going to get better. So I, I look forward to that. I'm glad to. Hear that. I look forward to the game on Friday. I look forward to a win. Celebrating that. And then the next game, game number two, I expect to be a, another sellout because it's Grambling. 
And Grambling, even though the football program is down, athletic program is down, Grambling alums support their yeah, they coming. They come. A lot of them in Houston. They gonna be there. Yep, they got no excuse. And they, the ones that are not in Houston, love to come to Houston. They got yes. no excuse. So that's September sixth. So I'm looking forward to that game as well. Um, now, in response to the lambaston that I got on for your Ohio State. No, 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 no. Hello? This goes back to all three of us. <laughs> we forgot. Uh, we didn't mention it. And, we, and it got past us. And as much as it's our fault, I also pushed the button back. It's on the SID, football SID's fault in the Southland. Eastern Washington. And Sam Houston State. And Sam Houston State started college football last Saturday. I thought about that while I, I was, while I was but, watching but, the but game. But don't so sweat yeah. that, though. And I told that person, I said, look. I said, as much as it's mine, I should have gotten an email. I said, I didn't get anything. I said, and I know I'm on three email addresses in this <laughs> conference. And I get, now, if you're going to send me something about soccer and cross country, right. and you don't send me anything about football, that's a you problem. Now, if I get that and I don't do anything about it, then it's a me problem. Right. That game could almost set up what's going to happen at the end of the year as for a championship, yeah, it could be a championship between Eastern Washington and Sam Houston State. That's right. Now, they went to the red field and played. The first quarter Ugh, was 7 hard nothing. Hard to watch. And that's what they do on that level. They just When they just find themselves in those situations where it's tied, second half, they open it up and everything just starts to start coming at you quick and fast. And they did. They went from seven nothing at the end, at the end of the first quarter. Seven Final, nothing was uh, Washington State. Washington so. State, or Eastern Washington. East, yeah, excuse, Eastern yeah, Washington. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> somebody, somebody here in town would, would just <laughs> roast us, cat, and won't invite us out no more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> rolling with it. That's true. <laughs> he won't be buying he, anymore. He, he refers to them as real cougars, and we're real cougars. Whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we just say, you need to go back to the to whatever that is, and all y'all hang out at. Uh, and yeah, and I said that <laughs> you got my number. Uh, Eastern Washington, which is right, depending on what poll is ranked, two or either two or number one. Final score was f- fifty-six to thirty-five over number fourteen, seventeen, Sam Houston State, who is you know carries the banner for a banner for Southland. I thought it was an exciting game in the second half, which is what I was looking looking forward to because I. When the first quarter ended, I was like, okay, let me just start doing something else. <laughs> and I did. You know, and I didn't even watch the scrolling across the bottom of the TV or anything. I just went back to doing what I was doing. Final score later on, bam. I was like, okay, let me go back and just watch. Things changed re- real quickly. 85 plays. This is Sam Houston State now. 85 plays and 542 yards for Sam Houston State. There we go. The new quarterback, sophomore for, uh, for uh, Jared Johnson. Jared Johnson struggled from what I saw in the first half. He struggled. It, he didn't. It was almost like he didn't know what was going on. Even he was like adjusting to. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just coming out yeah, of. It's it's too much. Yeah, it's like I'm coming out of high school. Uh, boom, boom, and and then we got into halftime, and he and he, whatever he, said. He transferred from A and M, right? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't didn't look like it. Well, 
He, he looked, struggled. He just the first half. He, he just really looked struggled. out of it. He looked yeah, out of out of sync. True. Out of sync. Now talking about Texas A and M, they have a big one coming oh. up tomorrow. If they can go and compete in that game, SEC with South a new Carolina quarterback, and it is on the SEC network. Yeah, so they did their homework in terms of prime oh, yeah. top twenty-five game. Texas A and M twenty-one ranked. Yes, South I'll, Carolina ranked my, at number my nine. My coworkers and employers, they all excited. Have let me know. Have reminded me. You know, we're playing on TV Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you come you come and watch with us. I got. Did you did did, did you get you that know, offer? And some did, of some of them are going to the game too. Whoa! So, oh yeah, these are big big time Aggies here. Oh yes. Sir. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh. I worked with them for some, some big time Aggies. Oh. Oh. That's a nice little road. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that should be a big game. Oh. I have to say, uh, with a new quarterback, I, have to I need say, that. I I, I, I want to see them compete. I see South Carolina. Getting it done in the game. Oh yeah, line from what I was heard, from what I, from what I was told by people I work with, uh-huh. for for entertainment purposes only, the uh, the line was ten and a half. Uh, really? It might be a little closer than that. Hold I would, on, I would hold take on, ten and a half. Hold on, hold I think on. the Aggies keep it within ten. It is, yeah, it's ten and a half. So, like I said, for entertainment purposes only. And the uh, Rice Notre Dame game is twenty four and a half. And your thoughts, hootie who? They won't go and compete. Are they going to stay within 24? 24? Second half, depth is going to get them. In the second half, depth is going to lose by 28 or more? Um, I don't see them losing by 28 or more. I don't see them losing by 24. So you you would take the points? I'll take the points. I was in the points. I'll take the points. And only because. As you say with the depth, I think they're going to have struggle in the second half. I think 24 is realistic. Okay. I, I, I go with that, but I think the Irish are to cover. They're gonna play them hard, but I think only because this is the second senior group to come through, and I think they are accustomed now to. Now we to, do have to remember Notre Dame lost four key players. Oh yeah, now and that's why. And, and why did they lose it? Academics. Same thing we talked about last week, and some folks had to, had the nerve to, to question Doc. I said, wait a minute, now, hold up. I said, now go back and check. At, at the young man's credentials, I said, he gave you the information where you can go and check it at. I said, just go and check now. Thank you. I said, and the other part is, we all know Notre Dame will not go and ask the coach about nothing. Nope. They, when it comes to education up there, at that place, your butt is gone, and they'll run you off yeah. real quick if you open up your mouth. The days of Lou Holtz are gone at Notre Dame. That's right. That's why they had, they, 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 They've struggled to get consistently going to a national championship situation on a year-in and year-out basis. So, to also close out on this college part of this big weekend, it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. We've talked about the the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Friday game. Uh huh. We talked about a big Thursday game. Yeah. We talked about. Oh, we haven't talked about the Saturday game. No, we haven't. Which one? Florida State, Oklahoma State. No, I was talking about the LSU Wisconsin here in town. Yes, here in town. Right? And you know, you know that is a tad bit important. Then yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And it goes because it's a team that we two teams that we both mentioned on last week. You know, academic wise, but athletically, those teams are Wisconsin can compete. Yeah, and it sounds like LSU is going to play the two quarterback tandem to see He's who speed against up. power. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Wisconsin is. 
now behind Michigan State going to be up in the hunt for the Big Ten. LSU obviously in the West, which is such a juggernaut for the SEC. They're going to be trying to fight their way out of that hole against Alabama and Auburn. So it'll be yeah, that, that game is played Saturday. Where? NRG or Nerd. Nerd? Nerd? It's NRG. Yes, it's an evening game. Okay. Yeah. So the turnaround time or the shape of the field for the Labor Day Classic. It'll be fine because you're not playing a, a – well, are they – they still have. They put back the grass in there, didn't they? Yeah, they put the grass in for tomorrow. They put the grass in for tomorrow. That'd be interesting. So I thought now, I, I, and, I thought and, about that a few days ago. And, like, that's and, a lot of wear. And but what, what I've to, what I've been told is that this is going to be the weekend. Is how they uh, is is how they going to adjust for when they st- they host the state. Uh, you know, they qualify the host for the uh, UIL high school, uh, high school de- deal and go all day. Is to make that transition from grass over to the extraterrestrial field and then be done with it. So this the grass that, field will go in Thursday. Yeah, it's game. in. It, it's in. They were putting well, it I in. I saw they putting them in Monday. Monday, yeah. In, but I'm saying they'll play on grass on Thursday. Right. And then they'll transition over for the weekend game? Yeah. Or will they have grass the whole weekend? Um, It hadn't been, it hadn't been said because they didn't bring the extra field in. They normally have an extra field sitting out. And I didn't see an extra field sitting in the in the in the lot. So that could get ugly. That's a lot of football. I know. I know. That's that, that's that could. So basically, Sunday's game could be played on some real bad beat up turf. Beat if up it, grass. Yes. Yes. Because if you can only go, do you only go two games back to back on uh, on uh, on grass field? The way it's from a college or from a pro in a college game. You can only do two days. I don't think they have time to turn it over in a day. You talking about Thursday? Definitely, unless you walk working around the clock. Right. You have to have it ready for Saturday. Oh. So I think they're playing on grass, which means that Sunday game. Sunday game, yeah. Uh, it, it could be quite ugly. To get, be frank. Wow. Since we talked about it, Texans wrap up the preseason. Wrap up the. Uh, the uh, money that they take from fans' pockets for meaningless football <laughs> um, in a game that Case Keenum needs to play well or keep his Will he start? spot on the team. Yeah, he's playing the first half. Yeah. Oh, he's going to play because he's playing for a spot on the roster. And Tom Savage will play the second half. And Case has to play well. So uh, if I, I think he knows that. It'd be, it'll, if the Texans only keep two quarterbacks, Case is gone. Okay, now we'll keep Tom Savage. As so, back up to Ryan will he make? Will he be brought back for the uh, practice squad? Can he go? I'm not even sure he can go back to the practice squad. I don't yeah. think he can. I think he can. Wow. So he, he, I do believe if the Texans cut him, somebody will pick him get, up. Somebody will pick him up. So, but he needs to play well yeah. Thursday to impress other teams around the NFL. So I'll you know Absolutely. I'll say that. Speaking of, the Sanchez get a spot now that uh he played well from Sam, what I heard. Sam Bradford is is gone for the season. What you mean? Sanchez is with the uh, Eagles, right? You talking about the trade? Yeah. Uh, well the Rams need to do something. They need to, they need to move on from Sam Bradford because injuries Is he he's, he's, with he's the, with, with this 
with with this injury, is that pretty much it as far as knees for him? It's the same same injury, same knee that he's torn twice now. Well, but, somebody will pick him up because but money wise, ain't gonna try to do it. But the Rams gonna cut him. Rams got to cut him for what they owe him and what they're getting out of him. They just can't continue to play on it. Hopefully, it's good for him. Sometimes just a new environment can reinvigorate him in such a way that maybe the injury bug will finally leave. But he needs to change the scenery. Uh, just to maybe mentally get outside of that framework of continuing to get injured. How much weight stock do you put in Tom Savage's comeback drive, winning drive versus the Broncos last week? Not a whole lot. Me either, but I'm just saying, just throwing uh, it out there. Because I, that's it, especially the second drive, it was against guys that was, that was playing for a spot. I mean, I think it's good from the – framework that he was able to get it done but in terms of putting some real stock in it I can't say I would put any and I do have as a fan of the Washington NFL franchise I have my confidence in that team defeating the Texans in the week one has gone tremendously going going south really based on the play of uh, number 10 Robert Griffin not not the nickname that he goes by when he plays well. He is now Robert. I ought to call him Rob because the way he's playing against don't the Ravens, five or eight for 20 yards and a half. Don't, don't do Rob. Got sacked three times. But Rob, yeah, I'm going to call him Rob. I ought to put it on Twitter so he, so he can say haters going to hate. And uh, what was his response? Dollars going to die, whatever. Man, you a football player. You in the NFL. You worried about what people saying about you on Twitter. Give me a break, man. Grow up. Spend more time in the playbook. And interact with your teammates and connect with them uh, in the past patterns. Maybe you do a better job on the field and learn how to slide. But I digress. Yeah, you really do. I want to touch on something real quick here. Well, first, the Rockets signed uh, Tariq Black. I'm correct. That's who it was. From, he used to play at Memphis, played yeah. at Kansas this past season. No. Yeah, Tariq Black. Six foot eight, big body. Whatever. Yeah, he's he can go come and train the campus. He's he can make make the final fifteen. Good luck to him. The um, what's going the on? The size with behind Dwight Howard. What's going on with is this? Not very tall. They're six eight, six nine. Joy Dorsey, Tariq Black is like the same body frame. <laughs> six eight, two fifty, two sixty, two seventy even. But uh, <laughs> they're shorter guys than Dwight Howard. But you know, he got so. no confidence in them. It's almost like my no shot coming last week. So, I, I say this because you look at a young man who seems to be coming into his own this summer before our very eyes, who is going to be a cornerstone of a franchise in the same division as the Rockets, New Orleans, Pelicans. Oh, now Davis. That, that's a team to watch Anthony this year. Davis and Omer Oshik. I'm looking forward to that, watching a, them play. I, they're going to start four and five spot. Nice. I'm that's, looking for that that that's team a, that'll make a move. That's a darn good combo right there up front. You know, Dwight Howard is better than one of them. I'm not sure Dwight Howard is better than the combination, combination of, of them. them. Especially yeah. as the season goes on and then next year when Anthony Davis has another year under his belt and continues to improve. So the fact that the Rockets are getting shorter behind Dwight Howard Seems kind of interesting to me. But you got two All-NBA players 
and Dwight Howard and, and Beard. Just hope that the rest of the guys step up. Beard going to have to come and through the, a lot. The, uh, the Rockets reunion tour with uh, all the folks they brought in were former Rockets. They re-signed Francisco Garcia. Catino Mobley. You know, no, I, I hope not. <laughs> then they bring back Steve Francis. Might as well bring back Steve and Granville Waiters and anybody else you want to bring back. They, you know, Trevor Ariza, Joey Dorsey, you know, hey, who else do you want to bring back? Bring back Calvin and Clyde, you know, have them come back and see if they can suit up. So, but. Hey, it happens. We're just having fun with the Rockets right now because it's the off season. Um, media day should be in October, late, mid early October. Well, I'm going to start practice, let, start looking forward let, to that. Seeing as the team is now just it's on what you witnessed over the last two years, especially this last year with uh, uh, Dwight Howard coming in um, and Parsons getting better. Um, He's gone now. You know, and, and he got him, cut from and, USA Basketball. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. When I saw that, I was like, that's interesting. And he, That told me a lot. And I, I think, this is my opinion, he got full of himself. Literally. And forgot he needed to work. Yes. Because, <laughs> because I read a few reports out of the Vegas practices, you know, the training can't be kind of feel you want. He was starting to take it for granted. He was he, he was a little heavy. And he, you know, basketball, you can't you can't be heavy. You can't play at his position. No. No. So because when he got added initially as part of the group and invited to participate, and then the injury started happening, you know, Paul George and guys started backing out, folks started Taylor Parsons was a lock to make the team. And then he got cut. So it shows you something happened for him to yep. earn getting cut. Because if you can play and help the team and you are, are an asset, you you have strength to the team. No question about it. You make the team. Yeah. Then he, he went from that to getting cut. Yeah, Coach K is going to the team. And unless you show him that you shouldn't be on the team. Exactly. And I've been to a, a real practice. And Cameron Fieldhouse got got lucky, got invited by my brother-in-law. Uh, it uh, it's different, and trust me, folks, your butt is working. You, work. you are working. Um, it'll be interesting when uh, Young Winslow comes back for a break. <laughs> the only question I'm gonna ask him was practice like now. That's the only question I'm asking. Yeah, I need to. Can anybody stop the USA? Spain is the only team that can. Yeah. Give them a run. And, and that's that's because they've that's always they, they always they, they always have shooters, and they always have a, they a have post. size. You know, they have they have big guys that, that understand Paul where breaking and Mark and Serge Ibaka, and that's the reason one of the main reasons why Andre Drummond that understands the, the game. That, was, that, that, and that's the other thing was kept on the team, but. In terms of athleticism and you know guard play, the U.S. if they play like I think they're going to play, which is more trapping and and defense, full length of the court, no Spain can't handle that. It's, it's just as, we, as we've touched on a lot throughout this podcast, depth. 
definitely yep. going to wear wear teams down. But it's a it's a one game deal. So anything can happen in one game. If this was if the Olympics, World mm-hmm. Cup basketball, they ever decided to go to a, a pool player series, and, 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 three uh, out of five, four out of seven, there ain't no way in the world anybody's going to beat the USA three or four times to, to win the championship. But one one and done, gonna things can happen. Gonna happen. You think they'll go to a series? No, that, that has been no. disgusting. That, I don't think know, they want that, to. That, it, it wouldn't be. It, 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 it doesn't, who, who would watch that? It wouldn't, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't fit their Honestly, purpose. I, mean, I don't think anybody in the world believes they can it wouldn't the fit their purpose four times. For, in, for, in world, for, for what they're doing they, right now, it wouldn't fit their purpose. They expect that during the Olympics. I don't want to totally change this too big. Because since we were talking about series, yeah. you know, we had a World Series. College World Series even goes two out of three. Yeah. So the Little League series go two out of three? You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. After what I've seen this year, and, it, it, and because I'm, I'm, I'm partial to what I saw and what I want to see, yeah. <laughs> because I had to, I had to sneak that in. I know I digress. We can bring it back to reality. No, 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 no. Because I'm gonna tell you something. I saw a team do what a team does. They was up against the wall. We're talking about the Chicago team. And all of a sudden, they found a way to make plays and stay in the game and finish it out. Yeah, because neither team got to pitch their best pitches. No. And and, and that was a comment that was meant, that was said later on that night and the next day, in the next two days. And I think everybody should get a shot to pitch their best pitches. And I know what everybody's going to say. These are young kids. I respect that. And and I understand that. I understand where you're going. I understand where the parents and all, and where folks are talking, you know, want to do and everything. But my goodness, Doc, I wanted to see the best against the best because I felt like we it would have it's it would have changed some things. Because if you got your best guy pitching, and I got my best guy pitching, I'm gonna take my chances. Because hitting the ball out to the field and watching them guys cover space. I mean, them kids, was like, but, they was coming to our field better than most. But one, and, of, the, one of the things people will say is pitch counts. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Because they, they need to. Because some of those kids, some at some point during the, during the games, I saw some kids trying to throw a curveball after a curveball. And I was like, okay. Some trying. No, no. They were. Some, some, but but it's some taller than twelve year olds too. It is some, some, some big it, twelve year olds. It, it, it was awkward, Doc. It was awkward, and, I, it, and 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 the three of us all know that is what tears up your arm. A oh, lot yeah, no thing. question about it. And I'm not saying and, and, in that manner. Oh, but yeah, I think but, that's why they have the pitch count because they know the kids are gonna throw the curveball regardless. So you can't really stop them from throwing the curveball. Only thing you can do is put pitch counts in there to make sure that they don't overthrow. Let let me shift gears. I emailed you to this. I'm not sure you've had a chance to look at it, but with the autonomy passing in the NTAA, you know how and the no. Power Five, we're not was, digressing, folks. We're not digressing. We're just, just, just being there. We're just doing that. Discussed or written about by uh, this is important. The beat oh, yeah. writer of Boise State athletics, I, Brian I, Murphy. I just hadn't had a chance to read it. I, that's, I remember seeing it. Though. But uh, I think it was during a conference call featuring ESPN football analysts this week. And basically the, the uh, headline, ESPN analysts believe Boise State's games versus college football's big boys could go away. And let me just touch on a, a – and the main reason is because 
strength of schedule. So, because you, the Power Five want to play, figure like strength of schedule is going to be one of the main factors in determining who's going to be part of the Final Four. Mm. So they'll they'll no longer play teams outside of the Power Five. And uh, one of the quotes, Jesse Palmer, played uh, quarterback at, at Florida, quote, my biggest fear is that Power Five teams are only going to want to schedule each other and the teams left out are not going to get an opportunity to prove themselves. That's one quote. Another quote uh, from Florida State quarterback, Danny Cannell. Oh, I feel old. Danny Cannell was down to, doing TV. I remember him playing Florida State. Anyway, <laughs> quote from him. Uh, he agreed that there will be fewer Power 5 versus non-Power 5 games moving forward. And this is this is a, a kudos to Boise State. This is, is some of their non-conference matchups in future years. Washington, Virginia, Florida State, Oklahoma State, Washington State, Oregon State, and Michigan State are all teams they have in the non-conference schedule in future seasons. But those could all go away. Quote from Danny Cannell. That is one of the things I don't like about the Power 5 autonomy and sort of the shift in college football that we're seeing. It's going to be harder because you're going to start to see more Power 5 non-conference matchups. You'll see the SEC take on the Pac-12 or you'll see the ACC take on the Big Ten. But I don't think you'll see a lot of teams in the Power 5 schedule teams from the American. My school is part of or from the Mountain West, or whatever other conferences that are out there because there is no, the risk-reward just isn't there. No. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Oh, I yeah. think there's two points that are that are facing us that really lets us know how true this is. I would suggest in five years that you won't have to worry about the five that are outside of what they're calling the power five or the next five in some components. And the reason I say that, if you recall, there was an article or a out of the New York about two weeks ago that asked the coaches, and there was a significant amount of the coaches that suggested they only wanted to play the Power Five. It's almost half. In the ESPN poll, uh, they polled 65 coaches from the Power Five. 30 of them said they support playing only other Power Five conference teams. And now, trust me, that's going to grow. And the reason I say that is to grow Wait until some of these teams get left out of this Final Four, particularly if they happen to be some of the brand-name institutions. It will totally change the landscape because everybody in their mind are going to say that they got left out because, because they of their play, schedule. Yeah. Oklahoma. It's going to be interesting. Oklahoma standing looking look right at you, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And who they open up against? Who they Who do they open up against this weekend? Go ahead. Lamar. Lamar. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You so, open up against Lamar and you are ranked in the, you are in the top five in the country on all, everybody's poll. And you are expected to be in that game. Those days are those days. Those days are, are numbered. Are, they're, yeah, they're over. For Boise State, they will, to some degree, be fortunate in terms of the Pac-12 because I think the Pac-12 in a lot of ways are limited, but, you know, who they can schedule. But you'll end up finding Pac-12 splitting many of their games, in my opinion, between a partnership basically between the Big Ten 
which they already have the end of season Rose Bowl. Uh-huh. They'll try to do some preseason connection to that with the stadium coming on board with the 49ers. Uh-huh. You'll start seeing more of those games between that, similar to what you've seen spread to the East Coast that has recently has come to Texas in regards to the big game we talked about between LSU and Wisconsin. Uh-huh. You have another one next year, the previous year, so you'll see that. You know how big the Cowboys classic is now. Oh, yeah. Coming. Yeah. Uh, in regards to that game. So you're going to see a lot more of those played in NFL Stadium between the branded Big Five institutions, which means there's going to be reduction. And so I think it's inevitable. And if you're not careful, it may be less than five years away if some of these teams get left out of this that's, Final Four pick. That's why we've said in previous podcasts, I'm going to close it out with comments like this. What It's so important that Friday's home opener for U of H is a sellout. And I mean butts in the seat sellout, not just tickets purchased. Because U of H is scheduled to play Oklahoma in what, 2016, I think? Yep. That's correct. So U of H has one of the best shots of any of the non-five, other five, little five, whatever you want to call them, to become part of the big five or the growing five, whatever it ends up being, you know, 64 teams or whatever may end up being four, 16, you know, four conferences with 16 members each. Right. But 64, let's, let's say like that. U of H has one of the best shots at being part of that group, but only if they win, obviously, but have the alumni support at the football games, home games, road games, show the big boys that you want to be, that you are ready to be a big boy and ready to join us, ready to add something to the to the pie. Correct. And if they don't do that in these next two years, basically. I think that door will be permanently shut. Exactly. Because this season will set the tone for everybody else for the rest of the next, how long is it uh, the, before they changed the, uh, the contract? Was it three years? This season will set the tone for how the playoff for the how the playoffs will be restructured when it does get restructured because um, well the playoffs was, is about a twenty year deal no but, but I'm talking about I'm talking talk about the committee about, it will, yeah, will the change committee they will they, change. They, they, they rotating out I think it's it's three the five and six is every three yes yes and they're rotating out depending on where you are whether you're an administrator coach uh person that was added to the, ta- to the That's table correct. that group will make a decision on the basic structure of what we'll see down the road, how much did it get expanded, and when. The years for Fresno State playing Southern Cal, opening up the season at 23, at 23, two years gone, done. Won't be on the schedule anymore. Yeah, I Hawaii think- playing Washington 60, won't be happening. Uh, this weekend... UCF playing... Uh, who is it? Penn State? Yeah. Right? Yeah. At an 8 o'clock game in the morning. In, uh, what is it? In New Orleans. No, 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 no. UCF is playing overseas. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. In Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. I think it, is going, it still will take place unless the volcano uh, yeah, has a major eruption. Yeah, they to make sure that you got everybody over uh, unless it becomes. Those games will be gone. Yeah. And this definitely won't be seen anymore. Texas, North Texas State, done. I mean, it's 26 and a half right now. 
numbers are moving, changing all over the place. Because uh, I'm looking at the, the the big board that everybody sees, and uh, out on the west end, on the other side of the Rockets. But those kind of games won't be happening anymore. Yeah, you basically you're gonna see the next five relegated to playing in the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl with, between the Conference USA and Mid American Conference. And I'm not saying that jokingly. Actually, the sponsor just announced for the Bahama Bowl is actually Popeyes, the Louisiana Kitchen Eatery. Interesting, just interesting. That's that why we. That's December? how far. That's how far we. Is that come game gonna from. be in December? Or have a date been announced? Yeah, it, it, it'll be like December. This year it'll be December 24th, but that's the time frame they'll play that. It'll be before the new year. It'll be a fun Christmas. For somebody. somebody. Definitely it'll be. For somebody. All right, gentlemen, wrap it up. Doc, I'm sorry. Oklahoma opens up with Louisiana Tech. I'm glad this number's in our – they weren't on the board at first. Now they're on the board. Yeah, because they would have jumped you talking about that. Oh, man. Yeah, and at 37 and a half. Yeah, but, but it's not but much it's, better. That's, yeah, you know, same. The point is still the same. Same. Oh yeah, yeah. You won't be able to get the, get those games because at some point you're gonna have to be doing a home and home and a real home and home instead of doing it at a neutral site. Unless Jerry's world decides, I'm buying it all up like he's doing now. He getting he's getting his hands on a lot of lot of football, folks. Well, I think basically what you're gonna find out is you're gonna see. Uh, each of the conferences end up playing each of the other conferences. So you'll see non-conference games basically between the five teams. So you'll see in, Alabama in, in playing. Yeah. One of them will be NFL stadium. Two, one or two of them will be NFL stadiums, and the rest of them will be home and home. But essentially you'll see Alabama playing an ACC team, a Big Ten team, and a Big 12 team. And then you'll see Arkansas playing a Pac-12 team, a Big Ten team, and an ACC so you'll see three games like that on your schedule, which will get everybody excited back to the games. People will have strength of schedule argument, and they will consolidate, and all the money will basically be between those 65. So you'll stop seeing, in my opinion, over the next five years, watch and see that this will do. only reason I throw my hand up is because it just, it just came up on the board, and it's pretty big right now. Ohio State and Navy at 63. Will the military schools be dropped – from the question mark. No, the military schools will become more of what you see the Ivy League. Okay. But they'll play. And Navy's going to join the American next season. Yeah. It, so they'll stay at the FBS level, but the framework of how they will work, which is why Army decided not to join the American. Uh, Navy, obviously, has been much more competitive. So I think that's why, fan-wise, they at least want to try to do the conference road uh, map, and you see Air Force staying in terms of the Midwest Conference. Yeah. But essentially, as this continues to change the landscape, uh-huh. I believe the academies will move towards more of the Ivy League model in terms of what they're going to do with their athletic programs, particularly in the sport of football. Wrap it up. How can folks find you, fellas? Yes, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, D-R-K-E-N. Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Listen to me for those HBCU sports fans out there every Tuesday. Listen to me next Tuesday, www.kcuhradio.com from 7 to 8. That is Central Standard Time, bringing you the latest on the big matchups, give you some outcome news in regards to what happened to the Labor Day Classic. You can follow me on the College Sporting News with up-to-date HBCU sports report inside the HBCU huddle and have more to come, but follow me. 
on social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. We will have a podcast on next Wednesday because my contract starts the following week. That's that's a good thing. Number two, St. James Episcopal Church has a rally and hurt and rally uh, Sunday and health fair Sunday, August the thirty first, twelve to three p.m. at thirty one twenty nine Southmore Boulevard. A health and we- uh, wellness fair. There'll be health screenings, uh, free flu shots for. Ages nine to sixty-four. Um, whatever uh, uh, be a rep there from the uh, YMCA CPR hands-only training. Uh, Texas Health Ministries Network voter registration. Get covered, America. Alcoholics Anonymous. Make a, a connection with a friend or whoever that you know of, and get out and get checked. This is all free. You can find the Wildcat on Twitter. Tweet Deck, Facebook, J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., a blog a blogger, and YouTube, The College Sports Report. This weekend, coming up Friday, starting U of H and UTSA. Sunday, and it will be Prayer View, Texas Southern. And Saturday, I will be at a high school game, Wheatley versus Yates, 6 p.m. That's a big one. It's early in the season. Man, how far we've come. God! And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube and Instagram, on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. We have our KG, Fifth Wildcat, and Doc, Facebook page. You can check us out there. Listen to the podcast on SoundCloud.com as well as iTunes. Thank you to uh, THG Agency for your support. One note, Doc Rivers thoroughly enjoys the new ownership already. (laughs) Steve Ballmer said, Doc, you ain't going nowhere. Sign him to a contract as head coach and president through the 2018-2019 season. $10 $10 million annually went from, I believe, 7 to $10 million. Just annually. three? Just three extra? It's so all it was? Nice pay raise. It's a good pay raise for him. Is that what it was? So, uh, congrats to Doc. Congrats to the Clippers. It's a new age for them, a new ownership. They moved in a good direction, Ken. They're still not, still not the Lakers, though. Don't get it twisted. Oh, trust me, but real estate is real estate now. Oh, this I'm going to say it just like that. One team has banners. other team has Zero. Zero. And you know who that is. All righty, going to wrap it up. Thank you, fellas, for your insight. The other one covers them up. There you go. (laughs) You know what? Until the new administration stepped in, everybody was just happy showing up and looking at them. That that told me we headed in a new direction, not boys. (laughs) I did stuff up there. That's when they had those comments and all about down the street. Next next podcast, Doc ask you, put you on the spot here, next podcast look into uh, the sale or the trying to sale of the Buffalo Bills and the struggles that they, the NFL is having because basically Forbes magazine put it like this. Look kind of bad for the NFL type of franchise that can't sell for a billion dollars 
where the NBA just had a franchise sale for $2 billion. There you go. So, there you think go. about that, Doc. I'll do my homework. I already have thoughts, but I'll do my homework. <laughs> yes. And they shouldn't be asking ownership to be coming up with more money. It looks bad. It looks bad when you're asking them for to come up with more money. So, so we're going to talk about this next podcast for sure. Oh, yeah. I understand so, where you're going with that. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much, as always, Phillips, for your insight and your time. Listeners, uh, share with your friends. Tweet. Retweet. We enjoy what we do. I hope you – I think you can tell that we have a good time doing these podcasts. Look forward to the next one. We'll talk about some more football, college and pro, and then we'll get closer and closer to uh, hoops. So as I yes, got to email that young person. <clears throat> I, I will do that. Wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.